I am so excited to tell you that I'm finally reopening the doors to my Partnerships Masterclass course, which is absolutely everything you need to confidently build successful partnerships. And successful partnerships unlock an entirely untapped revenue stream for your business through sponsorships, while collaborative partnerships can see you reaching hundreds of thousands of potential customers without monetary spend. So they have the power to both make you money via a whole new revenue stream for your business and save you money with your marketing activity, which is so awesome. I have run this course quite exclusively in the past with really small cohorts of business owners, agency owners, and marketers. So I would say it's incredibly valuable if you're one of these three types of fabulous people looking to build a partnership skill set and revenue stream, or you're looking to offer partnerships as a service to your clients. This course is the most accessible way you can work with me personally as well. And while you have a lifetime access to the course content and obviously lifetime access to the skills and relationships you build as part of this course, you're also really not thrown in the deep end at all because I keep the cohort small on purpose so that you get that mentorship and support from me throughout the whole thing. So we're going to get you so excited about the opportunities ahead for your business, super clear on your growth strategy and how you're going to build meaningful and pivotal relationships. It's going to be so good. And doors open on the 11th of August. They're only open for 10 days though. So make sure you're on the wait list so that you don't miss out. We're actually kicking the cohort off on um, August 22nd. So immediately after the doors open, pretty much <laughs> the course begins and the doors are closed again. So you want to be on that wait list so that you don't miss out. I'll put the link in the show notes so you can access that. And you'll also nab some wait list bonuses as well if you're on there. So I can't wait to see you there. Uh, thanks so much for listening and I'll let you get into the episode now. Hello and welcome to Stop, Collaborate and Listen. We are a podcast about marketing, collaboration and business and we're brought to you by Collabasaurus.com, the matchmaker for brands. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Stop, Collaborate and Listen. I'm your host, Jess Rufus, and we are talking about how not to hold a new client prospect meeting. <laughs> um, I wanted to apologize as well that this episode is late and it's just because I've been traveling around LA and New York and then back to Sydney again in the last few weeks and I've seriously underestimated how much jet lag would hit me and how much I had to play catch up on my way back. So sorry about the lateness of this episode, but I hope it's a goodie. It's actually it comes straight from a story from a meeting I had in New York. So I had some of the most awesome meetings in New York, and I think generally it's safe to say that the business culture there is out of this world. It's incredibly open, networked, and collaborative, and everyone was interested in good karma and meeting new people, um, which really created a ripple effect of good vibes and introductions and meetings I would never have even dreamed of having. But... One meeting stood out like a sore thumb, and it was one of the worst meetings I have ever been in. And this particular meeting wasn't even me selling Calabasaurus. In fact, it was me looking to potentially engage a PR agency in New York, and this agency was one recommended to me by two of my business friends. 
So naturally you'd think because they wanted me as a client, they'd be interested in making a good impression. So I wanted to share with you the story of what actually went down. And honestly, I wish I had recorded the entire thing. Um, I've pulled out four key things to remember when meeting people and hopefully helping that lead to a fruitful, successful relationship. And I couldn't believe that this woman with nearly 20 years in the industry allowed this meeting to go as it did. So without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, so how I thought I'd structure this episode is the short story, the rundown of how this nightmare meeting happened, which I probably can't even do justice, just me retelling. I need like character voiceovers and things like that, but I'll do my best and then dive into four key tips for turning this kind of experience on its head and avoiding these mistakes because sometimes these potential clients can be huge deals for you. Okay, so let me tell you the story. So I traveled uptown specifically for this meeting. Um, and when I was arrived, when I arrived, I was greeted by a few people in the team who were all super lovely and went out of their way to introduce themselves and shake my hand and it was super sweet. And I get led into the boardroom and the founder and woman I was supposed to be meeting, let's call her Sally, ducks her head in, points to her phone and says, I'm so sorry, we have a client going live at this exact time, I'll be five minutes and then she disappears. So two of her colleagues joined me and we started talking about Calabasaurus and our clients and a few of our case studies and results so far and growth so far, as well as our plans in terms of expanding further into New York and LA. Um, And it's expressed that they don't wanna go too in depth because we were waiting for Sally. And 20 minutes pass and we end up basically holding the meeting without Sally because too much time had passed. I think we'd only blocked, I think, 35 minutes for that meeting. So we were already well and truly past halfway. And they started diving into one or two of their past Australian clients and excitedly talking about how that's potentially relevant for Calabasaurus and how well-networked Sally was in the retail space. Okay, so at this point, everything is going totally fine. These women were super lovely and they knew their stuff. And I really appreciated that they were respecting my time and simply got on with the meeting. But then Sally joins us and she hurriedly walks in with a colleague and she proceeded to ask me the exact same 10 questions the girls had just asked me 20 minutes earlier. And so I was repeating myself again and again. And the first question, which was, so tell me a bit about Calabasaurus, I got half a sentence out before I'm cut off with, oh, that's like so-and-so's company. It didn't really work here. We had a client that connected technology companies with retailers and we did all this work for them and it was a total failure. That was the first sentence out of my mouth, basically. She then asked me for examples and then I'd get, again, like half a sentence out and then get cut off. Oh, so I suppose it's not like that. So, you know, have you raised any funding? Why haven't you raised any funding? Have you even had been in any press before? And it quickly turned into an uncomfortable interrogation style Q&A where I had the full impression she thought of me and my business as an absolutely unvaluable waste of their time. And her colleague maybe interjected once or twice, but it kind of felt as though they were a bit scared of this Sally woman. Um, But they interjected once or twice, kind of reminding her of some of the clients we have, you know, having attracted companies like Estee Lauder and Olay and Red Bull and Apple and Walmart. And one of them even nicely added, oh, and you know, she won a 30 under 30 award. 
To which Sally replied, oh, Forbes. And I just laughed and I said, no, no, it's, you know, BNT, the Broadcast Television Awards in Australia. And she physically used her hand to make the swatting motion and just kind of rolled her eyes and said, oh, right. Then she asked about my target market, which I'd already covered twice with her employees. But when I mentioned agencies, she leant back in her chair and said, so what do you want? Are you just here to do some research? Because we would never use anything like this. We don't use softwares, period. And we wouldn't recommend this to our network because we don't want to be like pushing software onto them. Wow. So I nicely asked if they used any media monitoring softwares or any softwares at all, to which the answer was no, not at all. And which was interesting to me because, you know, do they use Google? Do they use Gmail? Like, wow. Anyway, a bunch of other little things happened and the meeting ended with, so, you know, let us know when you're looking to sign with an agency. Keep us in the loop. (laughs) I walked out of there thinking, what a shame. They have lost my business and any of my network's business because of this shocker of a meeting. So at least we can take a few pointers from this experience. So here are my top positive takeaways from this. Number one. Make the client feel special. And I don't mean this in an inauthentic way, but there are super easy, quick things you can do prior to the meeting to help your potential client feel super special and get the warm and fuzzies. I mean, it's often said that, you know, we're such emotional purchasers. So you want to make an emotional impression and an impact that potential client so that they can emotionally justify a purchase. (laughs) Um, So do things like look up the company on Google or Instagram before your meeting and show you've paid attention even in the smallest way. Look at their latest three posts on social media and that'll give you a huge indication or insight into kind of what they're up to. Make sure that you share in their wins. If they tell you a story about how something went really well, Make sure you acknowledge that and, you know, say congratulations or well done and give credit where credit is due. Tip number two is to establish credibility. So absolutely do not talk about how you worked with a not so similar business, but that it was a total failure because they didn't know what they were doing. All of a sudden that is showing that they're putting the blame on the client that had nothing to do with them and also that their work was a total failure, which is awful. So Things like your website, referrals, client lists, testimonials, results, and professionalism, all of this can establish credibility really quickly in a meeting. And if you have failures you do want to talk about, talk about the learnings and resulting wins rather than just focusing on the failure itself. And so coming from PR myself, finding out that they didn't use media monitoring tools and wouldn't recommend client companies to their network for fear of coming across salesy signals to me that they're not very good at PR at all. So there's a few things around credibility and there's actually another episode. um, I can't remember what it was called. Something to do with like selling yourself in like a non-salesy way. It's like three tips for selling yourself. It was like a couple of episodes back and there was a really good tip in there that I learned in San Francisco, which was about introducing yourself and how typically, particularly Australians tend to do this, where you play down achievements, whereas you can just establish credibility. It's not really necessarily about boasting. It's about establishing credibility straight off the bat. And the example I used in that episode was about, you know, introducing yourself with your big win um, or sort of signals that can establish credibility. So I think the example I gave was for Collabosaurus. When I introduced myself, 
And this doesn't always happen because sometimes it's a bit orkies. But most of the time I try and <laughs> say things like Collabosaurus is a matchmaking platform that helps six and a half thousand brands like Olay and ASOS and Topshop and Red Bull find really clever collaborations and partnerships. So I've mentioned client companies and I've mentioned a credibility piece around the six and a half thousand brands have trusted us, you know, with this thing. So I mean, that would have been a fabulous thing for this PR agency to kind of like mention just from the get-go so that they could establish credibility off the bat. But that, that episode's worth a listen if you're interested in that stuff too. Tip number three is do five minutes of research prior to the meeting, which I kind of have already mentioned again, but it was blatantly obvious that not a single one of the six people in that room who I was considering aligning my brand with and paying a fortune hadn't Googled my name or Collabosaurus prior to the meeting. And that's a huge red flag. For any business, engaging agencies or freelancers is a transference of trust. And ideally, you'd love to onboard an advocate for your brand. This is super important because if they can't spend five minutes doing a Google search, what does that say about their future representation of your brand to their network, to journalists and to potential clients? I talk about advocacy all the time. You know, when you're working with other people, you want to work with other people that totally believe in what you're doing and are happy to, you know, they believe to the point that they will advocate for your brand and tell relevant people about it if they come across that person. Um, so yeah, do five minutes of research prior to the meeting. That's so important. And if you're also meeting with potential agencies or potential freelancers or, you know, employees or workers and all that kind of stuff, it's really good to look for that. Ha- look to see whether they've done any kind of research whatsoever. It's really interesting sometimes to see what comes back. And tip number four is to follow up immediately. So you're actually setting the tone for all future communication with that simple thing like following up straight away. And I've recently had some really great meetings with an agency called You and Co who have been such an incredible front, like on the front foot when it comes to communication. They always shoot a summary of any caller meeting and timeline and next steps in simple bullet points afterwards. And it gave such a fabulous impression of what it's going to be like to work with them moving forward. So I hope that helps you guys and <laughs> some positive tips have come out of a negative experience. Um, I'll quickly wrap up those tips again. Number one, make the client feel special. Number two is establish credibility in as many ways as you can. Tip number three is do five minutes of research prior to the meeting. And tip number four is to follow up immediately, even with a simple bullet point list of everything that was covered and some next steps. Thank you so much for tuning in again, guys. I so appreciate it. Um, And thank you again to everyone who's left a review and continues to share podcast episodes on Instagram. Um, It's it's as easy as screenshotting what you're listening to and then popping it in stories and tagging Collabosaurus. We love it. Thank you so, so much. We actually have a little something exciting in the works and it's to do with another podcast channel. So stay tuned for that. But until next time, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you at the next episode. 